0: This episode of Gators Breakdown is brought to you by MyBookie. Sign up at MyBookie.ag. Use our promo code Gators on your first deposit of $50 or more to redeem a cash bonus. Want more Gators Breakdown? Join Gators Breakdown Plus starting at $3 a month. because there's never a dull moment in Gator Nation. The Gators Breakdown Podcast is ready to go. I'm your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter, at GatorDave underscore SEC. Coming at you with just a bit of news here. Just busy, busy day. a Busy weekend. Last few days, of course, I passed over the weekend. Give you the update on Jaden Rashada. Nothing really new right there as far as that front. Got to think we hear something pretty soon on that front. Uh, But also, over the weekend, wide receiver Ricky Pearsall struggling with that decision to go to the NFL or not. He decides to return to the University of Florida. And on Monday, Alabama transfer offensive tackle Damian George transfers to the University of Florida. There's the SEC from Bama, to SEC to Florida there for Damian George. So. Everybody hit that like button, hit that subscribe button. We'll get into it right here on Gators Breakdown. Plenty to get into here. Just kind of kind of a newsy uh, episode. Later on this week, Seth Varnador from Varnador Films. I've had him on the podcast before. Uh, coaching background. Hey, we're going to get into Graham Mertz a little bit. Seth, on his channel, if you guys want to go ahead and check it out, uh, Varnador Films right here on YouTube, if you're watching the YouTube version, has an in-depth analysis of Wisconsin quarterback transfer, Graham Merch transferred to Florida, of course. Uh, and we're going to talk about it. Uh, we're going to go even further with that Graham Mertz conversation later this week on Gators Breakdown. So plenty coming up here this week on the podcast. One more time, hit that like button. Subscribe to Gators Breakdown if you haven't done so yet. On the podcast platform or YouTube, wherever you want to subscribe, go ahead. Support means a whole lot. If you want to support even more, Gators Breakdown Plus gives you access to that Also, famous Discord server conversation. I was just chatting on there right before I came live here. So uh, some good stuff there, talking about Walker Howard and the Gator plane spotted in Louisiana on this Monday. Could that mean anything? Uh, We'll see where that one goes. Uh, And, of course, all the Transfer Portal news, recruiting news uh, for the Gators. You can have even more conversation. The link to Gators Breakdown Plus is in the description. You get access to that Discord server, extra episodes, all the chats, all that good stuff as well. So, all right, let's get into it. Ricky Pearsall returning to the University of Florida, and I'm t- it's huge. <laughs> I'm not telling you guys nothing you don't already know, but it cannot be overstated how big this is for the Gators. And look, he's been asked about a lot. I know when some of these episodes we've been doing here on Gators Breakdown, and I, I checked the chat and YouTube, and it's, Almost every week, hey, is there an update on Pearsall? What's what's he going to do? And initially, when I was asked that question, and this was no guessing, I was told, hey, point blank, he's going to return to the University of Florida. So then end of season happens, a whole bunch of transfers happen. Anthony Richardson declares to the NFL draft. And remember, guys, Anthony Richardson was huge in Ricky Pearsall choosing Florida. And now we know that didn't necessarily play out like we all thought it would. Uh, with the passing game production this past season, but to begin with, the season's over. With I'm telling you, it was a foregone conclusion that he was going to return to the University of Florida. Then that came a bit hazy in the last few weeks, in recent weeks, and especially last week, after Ricky Pearsall posted his invite to the NFL Combine, it was like, okay, we we've got to get this answer soon. What is Ricky Pearsall going to do? And he was really wrestling with the decision. Was he going to return to the University of Florida? Was he going to go to the NFL? And I even heard rumblings of maybe even transferring elsewhere. I think that was really, 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 really low on the list. But it was brought up. But he was wrestling with the decision mostly to return to Florida or go to the NFL. And I'm not sure what kind of draft grade he did get or would have gotten. But after consideration and receiving a worthwhile NIL deal (laughs) that's going to play a part in these decisions as well, Ricky Pearsall is returning to the University of Florida. And when we got that announcement over the weekend, the first thing that popped in my mind is what I went out and talked to Gators Breakdown Plus and what I put on Twitter, and it was his production, his experience, his leadership is back at Florida And it is absolutely needed. Each of those aspects of Ricky Piersol are oh so important for the 2023 Gators. His production, his experience, his leadership. And in his last year of eligibility, all three of those, production, experience, leadership, is needed for this Gators team, this Gator offense in 2023. So many questions at the quarterback position. Offensive line, which of course we'll get into this episode and of course, that wide receiver. And it was that, that question was huge as it was, as we were wrestling ourselves with what Ricky Pearsall is going to do. And we know he needed to return for this wide receiver group to be at their best. And for this Gator offense to be at this best, Ricky Pearsall needed to be in the wide receiver rotation. Questions at quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver. And if this Gator offense is going to produce somewhat in 2023. Ricky Perisov was going to need to be involved. If not, then you would hope he make the decision You go try and go get somebody like him in the transfer portal. Now, that's not as much needed. I'd like to still see Florida maybe hit the transfer portal a bit for wide receiver if you can go get, you know, that, the, you know there's not many options left too, but just, to, and not many, number one, I mean, Georgia got two of the guys that I really wanted to <laughs> in, the, in the transfer portal from the wide receiver group, so Rich, get richer there. But, you know, Pearsall was absolutely needed. Not many options out there as far as his experience, his production to go with the Gators. So, coming up, he'll be involved in this somewhat un- unproven young wide receiver room. So, of course, this past season, his fourth year junior season, 33 passes caught for Ricky Pearsall, 661 yards. Five touchdowns, 780 total yards, and add one more touchdown on the ground. Six touchdowns total for Ricky Pearsall. Now, his 661 receiving yards led Florida, as did, his, as did his 20 yards per reception. And that was just barely over Justin Shorter at 19.9. So they were basically the same as far as yards per reception. And his five receiving touchdowns led the Gators as well. of course, we cannot forget his performance in the regular season finale versus FSU. Five catches, 148 yards, two touchdowns. Now, we're not going to get that Ricky every game, (laughs) but I'll take anything close to that as far as Ricky Pearsall goes. But I I went through and looked a little bit more. And that that FSU game, I think, shows the potential uh, of what you can get in Ricky Pearsall. And in Florida's biggest games of the season, Utah- four catches, Tennessee, five catches, LSU, two catches. Okay. So the game you lost, you lost the Tennessee game too, but offense was on fire that game. And Ricky Persall, five catches in that game in a game where Florida absolutely needed every offensive possession to result in some kind of score. Ricky Persall had five catches, you know, tied the season high there with the FSU game with five catches in that game as well. But Utah, four catches, Tennessee, five catches, LSU, too. Okay, you lose a game there. Running game struggled versus LSU. Enrique Persol only has two catches. Georgia, three catches. All right, that loss is understandable. We don't no need to dive into that one too much. And then, of course, the season finale one more time. FSU, five catches. So in bigger games of the season, Utah, Tennessee, FSU. Production there by Ricky Persol. But Utah, Tennessee, LSU, Georgia, FSU, 19 of his 33 catches came in those games. Now, I did think, now I'm so excited to get a a wide receiver like Ricky Pearsall, his experience, and what we saw at Arizona State, the, the catch and run ability, I was excited to see that with what I thought was going to be a special year from Anthony Richardson. Richardson instrumental in getting Ricky Pearsall to Gainesville. I did think there'd be more opportunities for him, and especially in those catch and run situations. But of course, we go back and look at it. Slants were an issue for Richardson. And that's where I really thought we'd see Pearsall excel in those type of routes. I thought we'd see him catch a slant and take it to the house or screenplays. He didn't get many of those. So I went back today, charted Ricky Pearsall's catches. Thanks to SEC StatCat, Pearsall only had two catches all season long behind the line of scrimmage. Now, don't get me wrong, you know, you want your receivers to get the ball down the field, but we know how important screen passes are and how much far to use them, but not with Ricky Pearsall. Two catches. Behind the line of scrimmage, for Ricky Prasal, and a guy that can that has some wiggle, and a guy that can make some guys move or, or miss, a guy that's got some move to him. I expected to see a little more of those behind the line, near the line of scrimmage, type of catches. Didn't see it. To two catches all season behind the line of scrimmage, and only seven attempts total behind the line of scrimmage or to ten yards. You know, that depth from behind the line of scrimmage to 10 yards. Only seven attempts total. So, of course, we saw Henderson. He got a lot of the screens from another wide receiver spot. I'd like to see Pearsall get more. We saw him get involved in the run game a bit. I like what I saw in his run blocking as well. His willingness to get involved in that, in that aspect. far would put him on the end of the formation sometimes. In some of the same plays, the tight ends would be the blocker. And there were a few times Ricky Persall was that player on the edge of the offensive line or behind the tackle. And he's the one leading the block on the edge. So along with Henderson, Persall, invaluable role of leadership. Now, I know we're all excited. I'm excited for this true freshman group of wide receivers. But those guys, they, they need an example to follow instead of going out there and trying to figure out everything on their own. Pierce, along with Henderson, they'll be massive on that front. Mazell, Gene, Wilson, as talented as they are, they're going to need someone to lean on that's been there, that's done that. And Pearsall offers so much leadership from his experience, experience at two schools, experience trying to fit into a new place. And specifically how I'm looking at it, Gene and Wilson, as those type of wide receivers, they can model their game after Pearsall. Not so much Mazzell, different type of receivers, but Gene is that route runner. Ricky Pearsall is a great route runner. Wilson is the guy making people miss, catching a slant and taking it to the house. Those are the type of plays I hope to see from Ricky Pearsall coming up this fall, but plays that I see Andy Jean and and, and Wilson making in the coming years. So experience, production, leadership, all that Ricky Persall brings to the table back in 2023 for the Gators. Just hope that, that that passing game from the quarterback position takes a step, takes another step. Some of those shorter routes that were missed by Anthony Richardson. We'll get into it more with Graham Mertz later this week as well, but at least now he has a target that I think he can have a rapport with in the coming weeks, the coming months, heading into spring practice, going into summer. I mean, Ricky Persall is going to get more experience with Graham Mertz going through spring, because remember, Ricky Persall was not in – was not on the roster last spring for the Gators. He is going to be involved even more with Graham Mertz and getting used to the offense, getting used to the quarterback. So he's going to have more experience with this quarterback than he did Anthony Richardson last year. And remember, Pierce, all oh, missed some time in fall when he, when he did show up, missed some time in fall camp as well. We noticed it right away, week one of fall practice. Okay, like, hey, yeah, this is going to be a special receiver. Then he goes down with an injury, and we were even questioning if he was going to even go play versus Utah in the first game of the season. There he was. He played. Didn't miss time during the season. But now he gets to go through a spring with a quarterback. Something to keep an eye on there, and I'm going to jokingly say, so don't take me serious on this, but let's have a little bit of fun with it. I'm going to say Ricky Pristock came back because him and Graham Mertz have, have already figured something out. They, they're out there slinging the ball in in, in in their own little setting, and that's what that's what triggered Ricky Persall to return to Florida. Have some fun with it, guys. <laughs> Have some fun with it. But big, big time. I, I'm, I'm happy to see Ricky Persall back in the orange and blue for one more season. Hey, we got another uh, transfer to talk about, don't we? Don't we? In the trenches on the offensive side. But before we get there, man, how about that NFL playoff action? I'm telling you guys know, doing this podcast, I'm college football first and foremost. But man, NFL playoffs, that it's hard to replicate. And so many good games this season, and you can get in on the action even more at my bookie. Whether you bet to earn or to make the games more exciting, my bookie gives you the most for your money with a redesigned deposit bonus. Use promo code Gators on the deposit of $50 or more to receive a cash bonus instantly to your MyBookie account. Using this bonus is simple. Bet your deposit amount just once, and then you're ready to cash out. There's no strings attached with MyBookie. Bet on the NFL, all the playoff action coming up in the next few weeks. You got UFC fights, or you can play for a share of big cash prizes in the weekly online blackjack tournaments. With so many sports and brands to choose from, you need a platform that makes it simple to bet and win. Like my bookie. Bet anything, anytime, anywhere with my bookie at mybookie.ag. All right. So, a visit weekend pays off for the Gators as they land Alabama offensive tackle transfer, Damian George. And Florida, of course, needed some experience along the offensive front. And likely, likely now, offensive tackle spot here with George. They get it here, and they get some SEC experience. And two years of eligibility here with George. Six seven three forty eight. He only played two games this past season. So Gators get, building some size here. And I mentioned experience, but not much this past year. So the 6'7", 348-pound George only played in two games this past season for the Crimson Tide. That was the first two games of the season versus Utah State and Texas. Now, he did start the last three games of 2021, played in 12 games that season, but for whatever reason, like he wasn't able to build on it at Alabama and become a continuous cog there along that offensive line. Now, a completely different offense coming in. And playing under Billy Napier's offense. Figures to be an offensive tackle at Florida, but he has played both at Alabama. Both guard and tackle. So I'm going to predict a little offensive tackle here. I think that's mostly what we're hearing. But don't be surprised if he ends up a guard, but still leaves a hole for tackle at Florida. So that's where I see him first. But Florida's getting a player here that can be versatile along the offensive line. Three-star recruit out of Texas in 2020. He was the 31st-ranked offensive tackle on the 24-7 sports composite in the class of 2020. So, of course, the Gators got their plug-and-play guard with the addition of Baylor offensive lineman, Micah Mazuka, and now with the addition of George right there. I'm saying tackle. Florida finds their replacements now for Ethan White at guard with Mazuka And then now Tarquin at tackle. He's going to USC. So George is going to fill in, I think, at a starting tackle for the Gators. These needed to be some experience transfers for Florida. You lost a lot of experience there with White and Tarquin. I think in some ways even upgraded with Mazuka Now, White, Tarquin, you know, those were pieces we thought we could count on in 2023. And now also losing Osiris, Torrent, and Richard Garage. I mean, Florida needs the experience. So they have, you know, these are not green guys. These are guys coming in, played some high-level power five football, and now get to come compete at Florida. So I think with this, and we, I've mentioned potential starter at offensive tackle for George. Now, if we look at the a lot, I mean it's time really now to start looking at a starting five of offensive linemen. Austin Barber, left tackle. Gets thrust into the action last year after Tarquin goes down in that Kentucky game. Barber comes out an upgrade in a lot of ways. Mean streak. Ready to see him develop even more. But he's got to start on. Tackle spot locked up. So let's go left tackle him. Micah Mazzucca, left guard. That's where most of his experience at Baylor was. Kingsley Aguakian at center. I'm going Richie Leonard at right guard. Played a good bit last year as well, like what I saw from him. And now throw in Damian George at right tackle. So there's a prediction outlook of a starting five there for the Gators offensive line. And that is assuming George is a tackle coming in here. And now looking at it, guys, I mean, it's certainly not as dire as it once looked, even as, as of a couple of weeks ago for the offensive line. Good starting point for Darnell Stapleton and Rob Sell. I mean, just massive upheaval at this group. Of offensive linemen. And I remember going back into the preseason and saying maybe Florida needed to take advantage of the 2022 season because this right here was likely. Now, it didn't happen like I thought it would. <laughs> no. Osiris Torres, yes. I knew he was going to the NFL. Richard Garage, I knew he was going to go to the NFL with a somewhat good season. You know, It was kind of hard to predict You know, how would he adjust to one season of a new head coach. But he did about what I thought he would. And he's going to the NFL. So no surprise there. But then Kingsley did take a step back. I mean, you know, I thought if he took that next step of progression, there was a chance that he could leave and go to the NFL. Ethan White, a few, I mean, all SEC performer second team. But he's transferring, not leaving. I thought, okay, maybe an outside chance he'd go to the NFL. Now, I didn't expect Tarquin to be an NFL guy and or transfer, but that happened as well. So I saw a path for upheaval on Florida's offensive line before the season because of the reputation of development and success along the offensive line of this coaching staff, but it happened a little bit different than I thought it would. So the upheaval happened, and now Florida had to rebound. And in the last week, has done so with guys I think they can plug and play in. So a good starting point after what happened for Stapleton and Sell. Now, allows him to continue to, to develop cam weights. Saw him play right guard in the bowl game. Think he's going to be a tackle. He's a project. This allows Roger Kearney, the true freshman, to come in, to come and learn behind an experienced Mazooka and probably even earn some playing time. He can learn from Richard Leonard as well. Earned playing time last season. He's been on the roster for good a good bit at Florida and he played well so now you don't have to force Roger Kearney in with these last two portal additions along the offensive line now with this I'm going to say it's going to help if Florida has the fortune that they kind of had this past season where there wasn't many injuries along the offensive front no season ender injuries and one injury was kind of a blessing in disguise I'm sure they would have Got to Austin Barber eventually, anyway, where he's playing, but Tarquin goes down early in the season, and there we go. Austin Barber's ready to go. But Florida, I think it's going to be able to hopefully count on some fortune along the offensive line as well. I mean, there's not a lot behind the five potential starters that I mentioned there. We know Sales Stapleton, great developers, they're known for that. And that may need to be on display some point this season in spurts or if someone goes down for a while. I mean, which of you got to go. If you go down it right here, Riley Simons, Will Herod, Jake Slaughter, who I'm hearing some good things about weights. As I mentioned before, Jordan Herman, David Connor, Christian Williams, Jalen Farmer. Those are guys who have been on the roster. Which one of those guys are going to take the next step? I mean, the five I mentioned for starters, okay. But I just listed the ones behind that. Where's the confidence that if one of the five I mentioned go down that one of those guys step in and doesn't miss a beat? So this development reputation that we've heard about, those guys I just named, those are the guys we're going to have to see step up in 2023 at some point. Those guys have been in the program, been with these coaches for a season. Time to make a leap and contribute. All right, so now we keep going, just looking. This is George, another transfer for the Gators here. So you add George to Mazuka, two offensive linemen there. Linebackers now do Spurlock to Roger Mitchell. Defensive lineman, Cameron Jackson, Caleb Banks, and Graham Mertz at quarterback. Those are the players Florida has acquired in the transfer portal. You hit positions of need with instant contributors at offensive line. Mitchell at linebacker, I think, comes in and plays right away. Jackson along the defensive line comes in and plays right away. Mertz at quarterback going to go to spring practice, develop. He's probably going to be the number one guy going into spring practice. You grab developmental pieces with Spurlock and Banks. Maybe those guys even take a take a next step early in their tenures at Florida. Not necessarily sure I'm banking on it as much as I am the other guys, but they'll get their shot. I think, especially Banks, there in the middle along that defensive line. And now Florida has one more week to get transfers enrolled. I don't know if you guys know this; it's kind of different than the high school calendar. Florida has till January twenty third for transfers to get them in. That's the cutoff for transfers. And I think if we start looking, Florida could be in the market, maybe for another offensive lineman. As I mentioned, yeah, Florida brought in two. And then the potential starting five, what's behind those guys? So I still don't think Florida could be done that offensive line. And uh, to me, specifically, offensive tackle. Maybe another running back out there for Florida. And that's a, that's a tough one. I mean, think of any name running back That you're gonna have to try and sell on, okay. Well, we got this great true freshman, Trevor Etienne and Montreal Johnson. You're probably not gonna pass those guys up. Webb comes in as a high school recruit. He's the third back right now. Florida needs four. But who are you gonna sell to say, all right, well, you gotta come compete with these two guys who were a good bit of the running game last year? So you gotta sell a running back on you're going to come in and probably be the third guy. You're going to get your chance. I mean, we've, here's, here, here's last season. Here's what we did last season. We're going to use three backs. But probably not going to get many carries over Johnson and ETN. So that's a hard sell. I think Florida needs another body at running back. They absolutely do. Going into spring practice, only three running backs, and, of course, some walk-ons too. But three main running backs, not ideal. Not ideal there. So, and maybe another offensive lineman, running back, maybe safety for the Gators. But looks a bit different. Looks a bit different now for the Gators going through the transfer portal. And if I can pull it up here, let me find it. Now, we're still counting Jaden Rashada in until we hear officially. But right now, it gives Florida 81 scholarship players out of 85. Now, of course, you can go through Springwood more than 85. Florida may try and do that. Of course, that means about four more signees in the next week or so to meet that January 23rd transfer deadline. But you can go through spring with more than 85. Just got to be at 85 by the time fall camp starts. So about four more spots open. Not about four more spots open for the Gators. And let's see. Not really, not that it matters all that much. But with these latest additions to the transfer portal or from the transfer portal for the Gators, a transfer portal ranking of 27th there for the Gators. And look, you can take that how you want. I think at the top, it probably means something. I think the further you go down, eh, you know, some teams don't need as many transfers. Some teams do, some teams don't. So, But if it piques your interest, I'm just giving it to you as information. The Gators 27th in transfer portal rankings. As comparison, FSU is number one with nine commitments. USC, two with 11. Of course, Colorado, (laughs) 23. Auburn, 13. They're fourth in the transfer portal rankings. LSU, aggressive in the transfer portal again. Ten commitments there. Let's see who's around Florida. You got South Carolina, 24th. Nebraska with their Matt Rule, head coaching changer, 25th in the transfer portal rankings. Wisconsin, 26th. Florida, twenty seven, Louisville, 28th. Minnesota, twenty nine, Tennessee, 30th. So just to kind of give you a comparison there. Miami, 17th. Ole Miss, 19th. So you know, how much you want to weigh that? That's completely up to you. Just giving you that bit of info. Of course, when we see Florida State and what they were able to do in the transfer portal last year, and it make a big difference for their team, and they're going that route again, and they're ranked number one in the transfer portal with non commits, bolstering their roster with seven four stars and three two stars. But all right. All right, all right, all right. Everybody, thanks for hopping on here. For this episode of Gators Breakdown, a little bit of short notice. A holiday day, Martin Luther King Day. But for Florida and this transfer portal, a couple of things. I think you've got a few developmental pieces that will pay off down the road. You've got some instant contributors, and you need a depth. I mean, not not only did Florida need some starters, with the massive amount of players that left this program the last couple of months, you also needed just some depth. Now you hope all these guys come in, especially the ones that we think are instant contributors, or instant contributors come in and make a difference in win-loss record. Now, maybe one guy by themselves doesn't do that, but as a group as a whole especially at the quarterback position, as I said, well, that, that, that's kind of teasing our episode later this week with Seth Barnador and looking at Graham Mertz. Of course, he's going to be the one, the most, that can contribute to wins and losses. But all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. Everybody, thanks for hopping on, giving us a listen. All the news still fast and furious it may not be in the season but hey there's never a dull moment we have you right here covered on gators breakdown and anything comes in new players come in hopefully no more out <laughs> uh, but we'll see where that goes as hey visits are starting to happen too uh, for 24 and 25 classes so we're about to you know completely turn the page and start looking at 24 recruiting a bit more in the coming weeks right here on gators breakdown but all right, that'll do it for this episode of Gators Breakdown. I am your host, David Waters. You can find me on Twitter at GatorDave underscore SCC. Guys and girls out there, thank you for listening to this episode of Gators Breakdown.